Good evening, ladies. So this is my first time teaching here at Women's Bible Study. So I thought, you know, not everybody knows me, and I thought to kind of break the ice and kind of that I feel a little better, I thought I'd, sh I'd tell a few jokes, if that's okay. So just be forewarned, I'm a corny person. So where are my corny people at? Okay, so great. So I'm going to count on you to laugh, and then everyone else who's not corny or you don't like puns and such, I'm going to ask you to dig real deep and just give me your biggest, loudest, fakest laugh because it's about me feeling good right now, and I know you're awesome and you're going to help me with this, right? So let's, here's the first one. What did the sushi say to the bee? Wasabi. <laughs> sushi. Wasabi. Okay, here's another one. Um, a man assaulted me with milk, cream, and butter. How dare he. Okay, last one. Last one. My grandpa's last words to me before he died was, pints, gallons, liters. That speaks volumes. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. <laughs> Y'all are so You're awesome. Okay, so this last joke was about Grandpa's last words. Have you ever thought about last words? How important are last words? I can remember my dad's last words to me. Now we get serious. When I was nine years old, my dad passed away. He was in and out of the hospital a few times, that last year of his life. But something felt different this last time he was going to the hospital. I remember he looked back at me and he went towards me and he said, it's okay, Mole, I'll be back, I'll see you soon. And then he came and he gave me a kiss with his lips and then he left. And I just remember being in shock. I remember my eyes widening so big by this kiss. I come from a pretty normal, traditional South Indian family, and we know our parents love us. But showing physical displays of affection was not something commonly practiced, which is what made this kiss so unexpected, but yet so special. He passed shortly after. At first, I was mad at him for telling me that everything was going to be okay and that I was going to see him again. He may have had no idea why he said what he said or why he even gave me a kiss. But the closer I get to my Savior, the more I really believe that it was God. It was God who wanted to leave me with some hope and a sweet memory of my father. And he did. You know, our Savior did something similar for his disciples. In the second half of the Gospel of John, John moves into focusing on Jesus' final night and last words to his disciples. He tries to prepare them for his upcoming death. Jesus keeps saying he's going away, which makes the disciples sad. But he says he will send the Spirit. And that is a good thing, because the Spirit is that personal presence that will come to live in his people and will draw us into the love between the Father and the Son. 
See, as a human, Jesus can only be in one place at one time, just like us. But the spirit, it can be anywhere, anytime. So as he's preparing them for his departure, he has some very special and important words to say to them, specifically in John 15, how he is the vine and they are the branches. It's this beautiful conversation he shares with them. And I encourage you to go back and read all of John 15. But today, we're only going to focus on verses 4 and 5 and verse 8. Jesus is really stressing this idea of abiding. So let's look at John 15, starting in verse 4. Here Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then we'll skip down to verse 8 that says, By this, and he's talking about abiding, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As you go through your study, you continue to learn more about yourself in relation to grace and how you strive. I want something to stay with you today. Friends, no need to strive. Just rest and abide. Let's look at John 15, 1 to 10, with the word abide highlighted so we can visually see what's going on or underlined. So if you look here, like John uses this idea of abiding 34 times in the gospel and 19 times in his letters. In John 15, he uses it 11 times. It's a concept so important that Jesus placed a heavy emphasis on it. These were some of his last words to the disciples before their lives were about to be flipped upside down. Just like how God wanted to leave me some sweet words of my dad to fill me with hope and expectancy, Jesus does the same thing for the disciples that he loves. So today we're gonna look at three things. Why, what is abiding? why we abide or why it's important, and how to do it. So, what is abiding? In the Greek, the word meno, or meno, as the audio pronunciation told me, means to abide, to remain, live, dwell, continue, or stay put in a given place, state, relation, with expectancy. It's this idea of remaining at home, stay where you are, and don't wander off. What do you feel when you hear that, when you hear remain at home? For me, it's a place of safety and security and peace. But I'm a homebody. The idea of remaining at home sounds so good to me. So take the idea of remaining at home and now add the addition of expectancy, which is simply just waiting and believing that something pleasant will happen. Think of when we train our dogs or our puppies with a treat. What do we do? We call for them. We say, I can't whistle. We'll say, you know, come here, Sherlock Bones. I have a treat for you. And then they'll come running, right, and slip and sliding sometimes. And then what do we say? We say, sit, stay. Wait. And what do they do? They sit, they stay, and they wait, right? And everything in the, everyone who's ever had a dog, you know what this looks like, is they try with everything in them not to move. They're sitting there, but this is what it looks like, right? Like, they're just like <laughs> so happy, and then their tail is just going, and, 
but they're doing everything to stay with you because they are expecting something good to happen. Is there a better picture of just waiting and abiding and remaining than a puppy waiting for their treat? Do we sit before the Lord like that? Do we ever come just so excited just to be with him and just to experience him? When we abide, his presence is so much better than a treat because it's lasting and life-changing. J.I. Packer is a well-known theologian and author, and he describes abiding this way. Abide is an old English word for remain. Stay steady and keep your position. What it means to abide in Christ, that is, to always be resting on him, always anchored to him, fixed in him, drawing from him, continually connected in touch with him, is a pervasive theme in chapters 14 to 17. There is no, precious, there is no more precious lesson to learn, no more enriching link and bond to cherish, no more vital connection to keep snug and tight so that it never loosens than this. Abiding in Christ brings peace, joy and love, answers to prayer, and fruitfulness in service. The abiding life is the abundant life. And John talks about all these reasons why we should abide in John 15. But today, our why that we'll focus on is how abiding produces fruit in us that transforms us. If we look at verse 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides or menos in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nada, nil, nothing. And in the message version, at the end it reads, you can't produce a thing. Remember, we are a branch and he is the vine. Apart from him, we cannot produce. But if we abide, fruit is inevitable. And this is good news, friends. This takes the this truth takes the pressure off of striving and achieving because this is what we were made to do. No need to strive, just rest and abide. Jesus wanted the world to know who his beloved ones are and the producing of fruit that Galatians 5 speaks of is the proof of his beloved. Galatians 5, and 23 reads, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And I love how the message version explains this. It says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way the fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. So, can I produce fruit that looks like his fruit from my own effort? Sure I can. We can all work hard to do things that look similar, but it won't be real, life-giving, or transformative. Picture with me a bowl of apples where some are real and some are fake or artificial. Boy, do they look similar. They have come a long way with fake fruit. And I'm not talking about the fake fruit our kids play with. I mean, I mean the ones in the fancy home decor stores or, you know, the, the really expensive model homes. They look and even feel so real. 
It looks so real. My son even ate a fake grape once. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He's okay. It was seedless. No, I'm just kidding. We took it out of his mouth. We took it out of his mouth. He's good. Okay, so back to picturing a bowl of apples. Okay, so some are real and some are fake. They look so similar, but one is tasty, and one is not. One can satisfy hunger, and the other cannot. One has seeds that can produce more apples. The other does not. And even more importantly, one can be shared and enjoyed with another, and the other cannot. Are you working hard on producing fruit, only to find that it's not his fruit? Stop working. Stop striving. Just rest and abide. In those times when we feel stressed and needing to produce fruit, we forget the cross. Picture Jesus saying, your money's no good here. I got the bill. I paid the price. You don't owe me anything. What I do is not spiritual fruit if I'm not abiding. Did you hear that? If we are not abiding, what we do is not spiritual fruit. It's that fake apple or that grape my son tried to eat. If we're exhausted from it, if we find no joy in it, if it's not naturally flowing from us, from our time of abiding, it's not the fruit that Jesus speaks of in verse 8 that proves to the world that we are his disciples. So, we learned when we menno or abide in Jesus, we are continuously remaining, dwelling, staying in him, and him in us. And this is how we are able to produce any spiritual fruit. And fruit shows the world what? that we belong to him. Remember, no need to strive, just rest and abide. So how do we abide? It's certainly not by striving, but more about God's grace with us. So here are four ways to help us abide. Number one, be intentional. Acknowledge to yourself that this isn't a one-time thing. It's ongoing and it's continuous. Make the time, make the effort, make a plan. Make it happen. Number two, simply pursue an intimate and close relationship with Jesus. This call to abide is to come daily before the Lord in humility and surrender, knowing that there's nothing I can bring other than my desperate need and my willing heart to be with my Savior. Are we desperate every day to be with Jesus? And number three, Spend time in God's presence. Remain and continue to grow deeper into who he is and don't wander off when times get hard. This is the time to reflect, really sink into all those reasons. Remember all those reasons why you fell in love with Jesus. Pray and explore new reasons. Who does he say he is? Sometimes we think that we know who Jesus is until we go through something else. And then we go, oh, that's who you are. And then that will naturally lead us into scripture as we want to find out more about who he is. So number four is read and meditate on scripture. The lens in which you read the Bible will change if you abide in him. When we abide first, the fruit will naturally produce. When I first started working, we had this plant in my office. I wish I could tell you what it was called, but it was green. And it had these long green leaves, and I was told it would bloom these white flowers. One week, both my coworker and I took the same week off. We came back, 
and found this plant to what I thought was dead or almost dead. All the leaves were droopy, dry, brown, and faded. It looked lifeless to me. And I remember saying, I guess we should throw this out now. And my coworker said, nonsense, it just needs some sunshine and love. And she pulled up the blinds and she opened the doors, I mean, opened the windows, and she, she wanted the plant to get direct sunlight. She gave it just a little bit of water and she just left it there in the sun. After a few days, this lifeless, dull plant looked stronger, taller, and was even producing white flowers. It was amazing, it was full of life, it was beautiful. It was a different plant. And all it needed was to be in the presence of sunlight. So just think of it, if we abide in him, if we come to Jesus beat down, exhausted, scared, anxious, discouraged, lost, the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who sent his son to die for us, who sent the Holy Spirit to live inside us, if we merely sat in his, present with the in his presence with the intention of abiding, we cannot leave the same. Remember, no need to strive, just rest and abide. You know, growing up without a father was definitely difficult. I responded to people from a place of mistrust, anger, and hurt. But when I began to abide, I was transformed by his love to be able to love and help others. In abiding, I found fruitfulness and transformation possible. And before that, I had to acknowledge that there were some fake apples in my bowl. No need to strive, just rest and abide. Right now, I want you to take a moment and just think of what's heavy on your heart. Now, make a choice to abide in him and allow all that he is to transform you so that you can see fruit from it. Is there any relationship you need him to transform you in so you can be fruitful? Do you want him to respond through you to, say, a difficult coworker, that strong-willed child, that friend's hurtful betrayal, or maybe that family member who always criticizes and belittles. Abiding allows us to give over all that is heavy in our lives to our Savior, and then he'll give us all we need to heal, move forward, and be transformed. But we need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. We must believe, we must stay put, and not wander off. No need to strive, just rest and abide. Jesus loved his disciples deeply. He told them many times in his last few conversations to abide. He wasn't merely suggesting it, though not a command. Its emphasis shows how necessary it is to our Christian life. The word abide is designed to help us remember that following Jesus is first and foremost about our relationship with him. It's a choice. It's acknowledging continual dependence on him and how that beautiful, intimate fellowship between you and your savior is necessary and vital. It sounds too easy, right? And it is. It's meant to be. He did it all. Friends, no need to strive. Just rest and abide. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. 
Thank you, Jesus, that you are the vine and we are a branch. Help us today to abide in you and to be fruitful so that the world may know that we are yours. Transform us as we rest and spend more time abiding in you. We know that without you, we cannot produce a thing. May we make the decision to truly abide and remain in you. Holy Spirit, remind us there is no need to strive and to just rest and abide. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So we have some questions for you to discuss, and then I'll be back to close. We have a reminder about next week. Next week is the last week. Amy will be concluding this study, and you'll want to be here to connect with your group and find out what the fall study will be. Ooh. Okay, so <laughs> thank you for being such a great, wonderful group of ladies and for making me feel so comfortable today. I pray that the Holy Spirit will remind you to abide and that you will choose to listen. Go into your week remembering that you are loved and that he paid it all. No need to strive, just rest and abide. And don't, don't let your worries get the best of you. Remember, Moses started out as a basket case. <laughs> Have a great week.